3: Can you see it? Did you know
4: this? check, but the puck comes right to Pedersen
2: who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! Moments knows.
0: You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like I don't, I don't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of podcasts and delivered by DoorDash.
4: Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted to them in Dallas. Wow, really? we should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now.
2: Throwing steals, cutting in, shoots, scores.
0: 8-1 was just a fluke. We didn't have Matthias Ekholm in the lineup. Uh, uh, we didn't have Stuart Skinner in goal for most of the game. Uh, 8-1 was just a fluke. When we go home, things will be very, very different at the home opener. Everybody in the office picked the Edmonton Oilers to win on Saturday night. I was the only one in the Oily Boy Studios to pick the Vancouver Canucks. I picked them to win 4-3. Oh, Matthias Ekholm will fix everything. Sam Lafferty says hello. Vancouver Canucks win. On Saturday night by a final score of 4-3 to three. My name is David Quadrelli, I'm joined as always by the man who built the place, Chris Faber Our technical producer is Aaron Bordado. Aaron, tough week for you as a sports fan Atlanta Braves go down, that was tough for me too I'm not excited for when Harmon joins us next And the Edmonton Oilers, what What do you even want to say about that game, Aaron? This isn't about me,
1: Quad.
4: <laughs> let's, let's. I'm catching strays immediately to start off this episode <laughs> This is not the way to start the week, Quadrelli I did your grocery shopping for you.
0: That's the last time I do that. Unreal. It was a rough, it was a rough, it was a rough weekend for me. Once again, the Oily Boys didn't go the way I had planned. My Betway account is not appreciative. I actually did hit a couple. I hit a couple props, but I think I hit puck line on absolutely everything. So it wasn't a great weekend, quads.
1: Thank you for that. And uh yeah.
0: Sam Lafferty to score the game-winning goal. I bet nobody. Had that one right off the bat. I know there's gonna be people wondering. Uh, if we go back to the two thing here, our new sponsor here, Crown Royal. Oh. We'll have more with them later this week. But as as you see right next to me, I thought people might ask questions about this Crown Royal, and we'll talk about them later on. But first, we have to talk about our presenting sponsor zephyr epic you can use promo code hockey season capital h capital s all one word hockey season that will get you five dollars off your order at zephyr z e p h y r epic.com that is if you want to shop online but if you want the feeling of going into a store you can visit their retail location in surrey british columbia they have got you covered for all of your trading card needs be sure to use promo code hockey season capital h capital s all one word for $5 off your order. Free shipping Canada-wide on any order over $50. They're all over the social medias,
4: too. So be sure to go check that out. What did you pull? Is that a numbered Kale Makar? No, it's uh, it's part of like a three-piece set of a Kale McCar. See on the back here, I guess this is the first card of it. And then it turns into oh, like wow. three cards. That's a very cool card. Uh, and the weirdest thing was, I got two Kale Makars in this one pack. So a very, uh, this is like my brother here with how much Kale we've got here. Uh, double Kale. Which, by the way, I, I don't mind a kale Caesar salad lately. I've been on those a little bit. I'm not a big kale had guy. One. <laughs> I've had two of them in the last uh, six months, so I'm pretty much all over them right now. Quads, what's going on over there with the crowd? Uh, did you have another bottle before we got going here? You were I did not no. expect that intro to, to get going. What's going on over there? <laughs> I don't know. It's fun to change up the intro. I hope people enjoyed
0: it. I'm trying to have fun this year. We got to just enjoy it because, look, Chris. How often are the Canucks going to win back-to-back games, period, this season? How often are they going to do it against people who are alleged, I I use the word alleged here, cup contenders? How often is that going to happen? And you know what, Chris? It was to start the season, I'm fired up, trade the first-round pick, the rebuild is over, the heavy lifting is done. This is a playoff team.
4: Yeah, okay. I love it. I love the energy off the top here. Monday is fired up. Uh, I've been too busy to be excited today. I want to, okay, quickly... Anything from Edmonton, your Edmonton road trip. Tell us tell us a story of the road. I know you went out for a fancy dinner with Bagged Milk. Did he take you to Arby's, or you guys went somewhere fancier?
0: No, he we went to this Italian place. I got a Ooh. $36 plate of fettuccine Alfredo, which was like the cheapest thing on the menu. And I was telling Bagged when we were talking, I was like, you know, my grandpa would actually kill me if he saw me paying $36 for fettuccine Alfredo. But you know what? Bagged Milk paid for it. It was, it was <clears> very, very nice of him. Took me out. Um, those are the royalties for all my appearances I make on Better Late Than Never with him. Um, but you want an Edmonton story, Chris? Sure. Do, give do me you one. want an Edmonton story? Give me okay, one. Okay. So it was Saturday night. I walked into Rogers Place. The puck didn't drop until eight seventeen local time, and I watched an absolute shellacking of the alleged Cup-contending Edmonton Oilers. By the Vancouver Canucks, and I absolutely loved it. I was getting it in the office all day long on Friday, Chris. Everybody saying, Well, oh yeah, Wednesday doesn't count. Wednesday doesn't even count. We're we're past it. We're past it. We're gonna crush them in the home opener. And hey, I, I didn't I I wasn't sure that it was gonna go that way for the Vancouver Canucks. It was a very mixed bag win in all seriousness, and we'll break down the win uh, more in um, more in depth as the show goes on, but it was fun. The vibes were good. The vibes were very good, and that's my story from Edmonton. We watched that, uh, watched that shellacking by the Vancouver Canucks.
4: Yeah, and man, I gotta say, uh, and I've seen a couple people in the chat already. So we put on our event there at Greta. You unfortunately you had to be in Edmonton for the game uh, and to rub it in all the oily boys' faces, which you did an excellent job of here in the first uh, seven minutes of the show. But I gotta, I gotta say, just shout out to everyone at Greta that showed up. The staff was incredible. Our first event. So we were at capacity at that place. Like the capacity was 150, we were like bouncing in between 150 for the capacity the whole time. It was incredible. I know you were excited about this. The Sam Lafferty chant that got going when Lafferty scored what ended up becoming the game-winning goal. Aaron, can you get this up here? Aaron, the video from Greta is incredible.
0: buddy you talk about me being fired up to start this podcast basically what you did on saturday night i brought to this podcast because you can't cheer in the press box and also when i was in the oily boy studios they hadn't won yet so like what am i going to say about the 8-1 win i was already rubbing in as much as i could i i hit a i didn't really hide it i put up a Eight to one drawing in crayon, and I put it up in the office so that everybody could see it. I drew the Canucks combo logo. We were well represented on Friday, but the win didn't happen until Saturday, and then I had to fly home Sunday. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, nobody in the office on on Sunday, so I couldn't go down there before I had to leave. It was, uh, yeah, it was it was great to uh, see them win, and I, I'm excited for the next time I get to go to Edmonton.
4: Man, yeah, I'm excited uh, for the next Greta party, man. I'm telling you, it's even better than uh, you getting to rub it into the face of those folks. They were awesome. The the folks there were great. Um, I don't have video of this, but like when the first goal was scored by the Vancouver Canucks, everyone got to run up to the bar and they were just pouring pink Whitney down everyone's throats. Like that was what happened when it, it popped off and it was, uh, it was Andre Kuzmenko who scored the first goal uh, and it set that bar off. It was just an absolute blast, but Hey, Let's get to what we got going on today on the show. We got a lot to get to. Uh, Hunter Brustevich is going to join us in about six minutes' time. We're going to get—we uh, might get to him pretty quickly here. Actually, I believe he's actually all set. Um, so, Hunter is going to join us. He is from the Kitchener Rangers, third-round pick of the Vancouver Canucks, currently leading the OHL uh, in points from a defenseman. It's been an excellent start for him, and I think you guys are going to talk a little Lego as well. But do you want to get to some of the Canucks stuff first, or you want to get to Hunter? I think he's ready.
0: No, he's waiting for us. Bring him in. We're going to start by talking about Lego. Hunter, uh, (laughs) we'll we'll bring him in here, Aaron. Hunter, thanks for joining the show, man. I heard you built the Titanic. What was that like?
3: Uh, It was a long process. There was, you know, a couple, took a couple days, but it was fun. It was, uh, it was long to, you know, have kind of over and over, you know, same thing over and over, building it. Where do you have it displayed?
0: It's all of my Legos are in my basement, just lined up against the wall. See, so I live in an apartment. I don't have a basement, so it's all around the apartment. I just built the typewriter. That's the one that's kind of at the forefront for me. Are there any sets that you're looking forward to? Like, what's your next set that you're going to be buying? I don't know. My mom surprised me with one
3: for Christmas last year, and I was really hoping it was the Eiffel Tower, but it was not. So hopefully that one soon.
0: Yeah, that's a a big, good set. That's a good one to get. Okay, Chris, we can start talking hockey. Hunter, uh, what was it like getting drafted by the Vancouver Canucks?
3: Yeah, it was was surreal. I mean, being there on draft day, it's a a long process, you know, waiting there all day. But it was really fun to get things going, and I'm really excited for the future.
4: I got to ask about the start of this season for you guys uh, over there in Kitchener. I've been watching these games, and I feel like I have to, like, zone out halfway through. Basically, when you guys hit, like, seven, eight goals, I'm just starting to say, like, what's going on over here in Kitchener. Uh, Five and two on the season for you guys, but you've had some of these offensive explosions. I guess just, like, a simple question, man. Like, how fun has it been, Hunter, to start the season for you guys?
3: Uh it's been very fun. I think, you know, a thing from last year, from this year, is just, I think our team off the ice is just gelling really well together. I think that everyone wants to play for each other, uh, you know, no matter what the score is or no matter what's happening. I think, you know, we always want to keep going and, you know, bury teams.
4: I've seen it just like in the OHL where it feels like teams are in cycles. Is this, is this your guys' cycle to win right now? Is this the group right here? I mean, I
3: hope so. I think, I think we all believe, and I think that you know, we all all want to prove people wrong, and I think that you know, right now we're
4: we're rolling, and I think we can keep it going. And for you, four games in a row with a goal. Um, you know, I was kind of put looking at the stats yesterday. You're rolling up there with all the top forwards in the OHL right now. I guess just personally, how's it been for you to start the season and have so much production in the offensive zone?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's been fun. Uh, obviously, I'm still trying to work on you know my weaknesses and build them up to my strengths and keep working on my strengths and obviously that's one of my strengths so uh it's been fun uh also it's been really fun to get the team going and we're also five and two so that's it's a good part
0: the last time we saw you was at dev camp out here in vancouver what was that like like we obviously saw a lot of you know hall of famers on the ice with you guys what was that experience like
3: yeah no it was really fun i mean obviously the see what they do on the ice, not even if you get to talk to them, just to see what they do, Uh, little things. If the drill's not even going, you can just watch how they kind of look or what they look for and what they, you know, how they stick handle or just little moves. And even uh, in training camp, we got to go with them a couple times in small area games, and it was pretty cool
0: just to go against them just to see, you know, the little tricks they have. Hunter, we've got a question from a listener here, so I'll read it to you. What NHLer do you compare your game to, and what player do you model your game after?
3: I mean, I would always say these three team, uh, three guys, Sorry, uh, Rasmus Sanderson, Adam Fox, and John Klingberg have always been my three for the past year, so I would say those three.
4: Hunter, one thing I saw from you uh, I guess right after you' were drafted was getting a chance with the world Junior summer showcase, and from watching your highlights kind of the year after you, or the year before when you got drafted by the Canucks went back, watched a bunch of games, saw a lot of things on the power play, saw a lot of things that you move in the puck, and then I saw the world Junior Summer showcase you're getting a lot of time on the penalty kill. I'm uh, just kind of curious with that how much is that starting to become a, a part of your game that you wanted to add, and is that something you've done throughout your whole career
3: yeah, that's definitely something i Definitely want to add, I think that's, you know, one of my weaknesses that I want to turn into my strengths is just being a big presence in front of the net and, you know, closing plays quicker. And obviously with the summer showcase, I didn't get to do what I wanted to do offensively, but whatever the team needs me to do there, I would love to do and take on that role.
4: And I mean, kind of looking at your spot with the Kitchener Rangers now, you're going to be asked to be that top defense when needing up a ton of minutes on both the power play and penalty kill as you're improving your defensive game as well. And by the way, yesterday... I didn't think that was a knee. I thought that was just a very clean hit uh, in that game. So I won't get you to say anything about that the rest. <laughs> uh, just watching that and watching you kind of improve your defensive game at, at this level, getting a couple of years now in the OHL, how much more comfortable do you feel defending against some of these top guys in the OHL?
3: Oh yeah, I think it definitely shows. You know, when I think my confidence has gone through the roof with uh, defending and offense. Um, you know, through the past season, just working on things in the summer and I think that it really shows, and I think it's just going to keep getting better.
0: I asked you about development camp, but shortly after that, you had your first NHL training camp. How much did development camp help you prepare for that training camp, and was there anything at the training camp that surprised you a bit? It was. It helped me a lot, I
3: would say. Uh, Definitely brought the nerves down a little bit, but then um, I would say the nerves picked back up once we got into the rookie games. But then I would just say... I don't think there's a really surprising thing. I just kind of, you know, went there with no expectations and, you know, see what was going on there. And obviously it was a fun time, so I was glad to be out there.
0: And- what was your biggest takeaway? Sorry, Faber, I just need to follow up with that. What was your biggest takeaway from your first camp that you'll take into your next one?
3: I think that obviously everyone just doesn't stop working. I think uh, I remember one time going against Bevilier in front of the net and I had him pretty good boxed out, but he just nonstop to work working to get to the net and just trying to find the loose box.
4: How is it like to be a player who's heading back to junior? You know, a lot of these guys who come in from the OHL, WHL, they aren't going to make the NHL in that first training camp, but you get the opportunity to just, like you brought up the the situation with Bavillier, but I also wanted to ask about, like, you got Adam Foote there, you got Sergei Gonchar, you got the Sadines. Like, what's it like for you just showing up here and being around all these NHLers as a guy that, you know, was drafted just a few months ago?
3: I mean, it, it's really cool. I think, yeah, at the start of the... Uh, camp, someone was like, this is the best staff or the most experienced staff that anyone's has been a part of. And I didn't really think about it at the start, but once I really thought about it, it was pretty cool to realize that it probably is in the NHL. And it's pretty cool to learn from them
4: and get to, you know, pick up little things. I got to ask, was that hit uh, yesterday? Something that Adam Flip probably would have liked? <laughs> I mean, I hope so, but I mean, <laughs> Maybe you didn't like the penalty. I <laughs> uh, wanted to follow up as well because we had Jeremy Carlton on the show on Thursday, who was your guys's coach at the Young Stars, and he and he spoke about a little bit about the opportunity that you guys had to put on a Canucks jersey and play a game. So I wonder if you can walk me through that night uh, at Young Stars, getting a chance to throw on the jersey, be with the rest of the Canucks prospects, and be able to represent the Vancouver Canucks for the first time with a jersey on in a game.
3: Yeah, no, it was very cool. I mean, just seeing the jersey in the locker room for the first time was pretty cool with your name on the back and hopefully I get to have way more chances in the future and it was really cool to get the first one
4: uh, curious about number four why did you choose that one uh, with Kitchener
3: I've always been it uh, since I was maybe 12 or 13 uh, I'm not really sure why back then but now it's just stuck I guess uh,
4: aside from hockey any other sports are you a golf guy or no
3: a uh, big golf guy I think I'm gonna Hit the course tomorrow.
4: Okay, sounds good. Are we do we have a handicap or what? Probably around the eight or nine. Okay. Hear that, Quads. Quads is a hundred plus guy, by the way, so he's uh... I'm choosing
0: to ignore it.
4: <laughs> uh well that's good to hear. Uh I wanted to kind of ask a little bit about just this season and like Goals and expectations for yourself? Because when, when we write about the Canucks prospects, something that I've brought up a lot is yourself and Kirill have being potentially two of the top-scoring offensive defensemen in the OHL this season. Is that like a goal that you've had in mind as well? Because you had a good year last year coming off of being drafted. You get this opportunity, more ice time, more power play time, all that stuff. Do you have a goal personally for this season? I would
3: say no. I'm not a big goal guy, uh, just being honest, but... I mean, it would be really cool to, you know, have that by my name. But honestly, whatever I can do to help the team and, you know, if I produce, I produce. If I don't, I don't. But it would be really nice. Uh, Obviously, I need to keep working on my strengths and keep strengthening them and then get my weaknesses up there. And obviously, it's cool to get those points and whatever, but uh, it does feel nice once in a while.
0: Just before we let you go here, Hunter, question from another listener what's the best advice you've received since you were drafted?
3: Oh, I don't know since I've been drafted, but maybe just in life, obviously just keep going. There's, you know, obviously there's so much adversity you go through life and, uh, you, you never know what's right around the corner. Even if you just keep working, you never know what's right around the corner. If you stop there, you'll never get to see what happens in life.
4: Hunter, I was, I was curious about the switch from, I mean, you're an American playing in the, in the OHL, uh, can you walk us through like how that situation happened, or is it like a weird subject? I, I just I'm, I'm curious, I guess.
3: Yeah, no, it was it was really I, I guess cool to go through the you know process of it. Obviously, I was going to Michigan, and it's my favorite school, favorite team in the world, probably uh, outside of hockey uh, with football and basketball and stuff. So it was really hard for me to leave, but obviously, I wanted to play a lot more hockey, wanted to play more minutes, and I needed to do what I. Needed to do, get to the next level, and that was co- to come to catcher.
4: Can you walk me through the season with the Oakland Junior Grizzlies, the U fifteen team? I'm looking at Hunter Brustevic with 111 points in 66 <laughs> games. Were you a defenseman back then? What the hell is going on with that team?
2: <laughs>
0: yeah,
4: uh, it was. That was a fun two years. Even if you look
3: back at 14 new year, um, me, Rocco Margotti, Nathan Lewis, uh, Nick Burke, all those names I can name. Five others and we all kind of transfer over, over to the Oakland Junior Grizzlies from Honeybaked but that was just so fun scoring all those goals and we had a power play that was probably 45% that um, it was not an ordinary power play it wasn't a one three one, it wasn't a you know box in one it was I would have to draw it up but it was really fun to play with Ruckamaguardi he obviously can put the puck in the back of the net and um, that helps for sure
4: uh, we'll let you go on this one, Hunter. You got a chance to play with the World Junior Summer Showcase team for the United States. What would it mean to you to represent USA at this upcoming World Juniors? We don't we don't see the USA pull a lot of 18-year-old defensemen on there, but what would it mean if you were able to make that team and then head over to Sweden to play at the World Juniors?
3: It would mean everything. Uh, if I, if anyone knows me, I'm the biggest USA guy in the world. <laughs> and um, I would love to represent them anytime I can. And I I really hope I make the team, but Obviously, it's not my control on who they pick, but it's in my control on how hard I work. So hopefully I can get the chance.
4: Uh, And I guess final one here. We'll let you go here. But uh, any guys that you met at uh, development camp, prospects camp that you didn't know before from the Canucks organization that you've kept a relationship with, like any of the guys in your draft class or just any of the other prospects that uh, you got to meet at development camp and stuff?
3: Uh, I would say Vilmer Arlickson. Uh, Me and him kind of were hanging out a little
4: bit um, and going out to dinner and stuff. That's good. Uh, is it hard to talk to him? Like, you know, I, I even walk by, I'm 6'4", and I'm looking up at this guy like, what the hell? This is, another, this is another dude.
3: I know, no, yeah. I mean, walking down the street, it's like I have to, you know, look up like it's a skyscraper, but it's, <laughs> he's a fun guy.
4: So I must be pretty excited to get to play against him in the OHL here pretty soon. I know he's had a good start with Guelph.
3: I, I can't wait just to, you know, obviously for him to know someone off of Guelph and me to know another player off of Kitchener, and it's pretty cool I always play a buddy.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Hunter, we appreciate uh, you jumping on the show. You're the, uh, crushing it in the OHL, man. It's been a hell of a start for you offensively. Kitchener, like I said, it's been a ton of fun to watch because like, I get a goal every feels like six minutes in the game. So uh, yeah. best of luck as the rest of the season goes on. We're, we're definitely going to have to do this down the road again, and thanks for taking the time today. For sure. Awesome. Thank
3: you so much, guys.
4: You betcha. There he is, Hunter Brustevich, third-round pick of the Vancouver Canucks in the most recent NHL entry draft. And, uh, yeah. Incredibly hot start for him to start the season. He's on a four-game goal-scoring streak right now in the OHL. He's a defenseman, folks. He's a right-shot defenseman. Uh, He is second right now in the OHL for points. Just a very impressive start for him with 13 points through seven games. Quads, any takeaways that weren't Lego-based from the conversation there?
0: Oh, that weren't Lego? No, you, you caught me off guard a little bit. No, I, I'm in all seriousness, his answers were really good, and I think I always appreciate that because, look, we're not naming names, but we've had guys on the show who, when they're prospects, they come in, they, they're very open, they speak well, then they get the PR training, and then they're different people when you talk to them out. Not different people, but you know what I mean. They're a lot more, uh, they play their cards close to the chest, all that sort of thing. Uh, really, really liked that conversation with Hunter Brustevich. Um, I think what, what really... I kind of took away was just that the development camp story like you know learning from sergey gonchar it's just that star-studded staff we've talked about it before there's no one better for to be teaching these prospects than the guys that the conks currently have employed and look it it was it was really nice to talk to Hunter brustevich today
4: yeah absolutely and man like you watch him play it and it was something like i said sort of in in the interview there with him was when I watched back after the Canucks drafted, and that's when you like, you really dive in on this player. Like, I watched a little bit of him before he was drafted, but I, I didn't think he was going to be a player that the Canucks ended up drafting. I also didn't think he was going to be a player who's going to be available in the third round. There was five defensemen out of the OHL selected before him. He is outscoring all of them right now. So that's an incredible start for him. Uh, but actually getting a chance to watch him this season, I'm like, oh, he's, he's first penalty kill, he's first power play, he's top line with Kitchener. Still only 18 years old. There's a lot to like about this kid. He skates extremely well. And the other thing that I thought about Bruce Stevich from Vancouver Canucks training camp, and I'm not talking young stars, I'm not talking development camp, I'm talking main camp. Like, he snaps the puck like the NHLers, right? Like, he makes passes, and that's something you can really see. You know this, Quads. Like, I go to Abbotsford practices, I go to NHL practices for the Vancouver Canucks, There's a difference. Like, there's a difference on how you move the puck, and Bruce Devich was one of the guys that I thought fit right in at main camp. He's one of those guys who can make those crisp NHL passes, and you're starting to see it right now in the OHL with the amount of points that he's putting up. So that was nice to chat with him. Pretty much the hottest prospect right now uh, in the system. And that's saying something because we have a whole segment to talk about prospects later on in the show. But let's circle back a little bit here because the Vancouver Canucks are so hot right now, quads. You went off at the start of the show before we got to Hunter there. You brought it up. there 2-0 after a 4-3 win over the Edmonton Oilers on Saturday. Andre Kuzmenko scored the Canucks' first goal of the game, which set off Greta with the, uh, the Pink Whitney's pouring up. And then we saw some depth scoring. Niels Huglander chips in. Jack Studnika chips in. And the winner, ultimately, from Sam Lafferty, which was awesome to see. And we already played our clip a little bit earlier from Gre- Greta there. But Casey DeSmith. Quads, you were in the building for it. Casey DeSmith, what a start for him the Canucks jersey in a regular season game. Makes 37 saves on 40 shots. Walk me through the the DeSmith stuff here. You're the goalie guy, Quads. I don't know what was going on. To me, it looked like he was a little frantic back there. I, I was saying, like, uh, you know, Ian Clark goalies, we've kind of seen them, like, they look pretty confident, they look pretty big, they look like they're filling up a lot of space. Casey DeSmith, I thought, was a little bit more... Uh, I don't know. I don't know the right word for it. He was just a little bit more loose back in the crease, but hey, it worked. 37 saves on 40 shots. Walk me through dismiss night.
0: I thought what he did best was he really anticipated well, and it's that fine line where, and he he spoke about it in the context of the Oilers' power play, how they try to do that cross-crease tap-in a lot, right? And he said that was something they scouted. That was something he's, you know, not even scouted. He's well aware of it. He said they've been doing it for a couple of years now, and it's, you know, you know that it's coming, so he was anticipating that really well. That fine line that you have to kind of walk as a goaltender is to not over anticipate, right? And you have to, you can't cheat against the Vancouver, against the Edmonton Oilers because Connor McDavid can shoot from the goal line, he can shoot from behind the goal line. You've got these guys that can shoot from just about anywhere and will put it on net if you start cheating. Like if you're Casey DeSmith and this exact scenario that I just pointed out if you're up against the post and you're cheating a little bit above your right shoulder is wide open. If you're going to try and push off your right to go to your left and stop a cross crease tap in, like if you're cheating for that too much, you're going to get exposed in a new way. It's not like the Oilers have one way to score. Right. So that was what I really found impressive was that I thought he anticipated really well, but I didn't think he cheated too much. I think there was maybe a couple instances where he either left his post early or he, was a little too eager and it leads to those things that you were just pointing out being scrambly, that sort of thing, looking loose in the back of the net um, or in the crease, like you just kind of pointed out there. I I thought he kept those few and far between though. I thought it was a really, really good debut for Casey Smith. He made some saves when they needed it. And honestly, like I I was poking fun at the Oilers a lot in the start here, but I picked them to win the cup. And I said this on Oilers nation every day on Friday. A big reason I did that was because I thought Stuart Skinner was going to take a huge step this year. And he still might. I really believe in Stuart Skinner. But think about it from the Oilers' perspective. Where, look, th- like I, I was obviously talking a lot at the start of the show. This wasn't a Picasso for the Vancouver Canucks. I thought they were awful in the second period. I What really impressed me was the bounce back, the pushback that they had after the first goal and after the second period as a whole. That was what impressed me the most about this win. But if you're the Edmonton Oilers... You give up 16 shots on goals and four of them get past Stuart Skinner. I'm sorry, that's just not good enough. And we we obviously Sam Lafferty, yeah, the fifth round pick hasn't done anything, and Sam Lafferty's done everything. I get that, and it's fun. It's fun to say that, but if you're the Edmonton Oilers and you're an Edmonton Oilers fan, like it felt like every high danger chance the Canucks got went in the back of the net. Like that that Sam Lafferty goal. Those are the moments that the Canucks get. A save from their goaltenders and they have for years except for maybe last year thatcher demko jacob markstrom ryan miller roberto luongo like the list goes on of goaltenders who can come out eddie lack why are we leaving eddie lack out of that who can make that save for you like when when your team needs a save sometimes you need to make the save and for the oilers like it just felt like they didn't have that goalie in net on saturday night and that sucks like that I'm not, I'm not saying goaltending is all of the Edmonton Oilers' problem. Look, they haven't scored. They, they need some more secondary scoring, obviously. That's no secret. But, like, come on. It's just that that Lafferty goal. Like, Matthias Ekholm one of their best defensemen. I know he's not 100%, but, yeah, pull up the goal here, Aaron. Uh, the Sam Lafferty goal. Uh, the, the game winner here. He's He's got a step on Matthias Eckholm on the right side, but it's like half a step. And, look, we've seen that exact play get stopped by goaltenders for the vancouver canucks many at times and i think that's what that's what probably frustrates oilers fans the most is it's just like okay you need to make a save you need to make a big save like you need to come out and not just make the saves that you're supposed to make with, with the shots from the point all that sort of stuff and the low danger shots you got to make those but every once in a while you've got to make a big save hell even the two on oh with pd and sunika were darnell nurse uh, does the slew foot to Petey on the back. Anyways, we're not going to get into that, but on that goal, that's Jack Stadnicka shooting. This isn't a rag on studnika but how many times have we seen a two on O or whatever? And it's Markstrom or it's Demko or whoever. And they just turn it aside and it just shifts all the momentum back to the Canucks. The Oilers couldn't get a save in that game. And I, and that's frustrating if you're an Oilers uh, fan, like seven. that sucks. That sucks a lot that the Oilers weren't able to get that from their goaltender. And the Canucks got it from Casey DeSmith. They get it from Thatcher Demko. And there was a caller on uh, Edmonton Edmonton radio station that was saying the Oilers should trade Dreisaitl and a first for Casey DeSmith. And uh, <sighs> we're not going to get too much more into that. But yeah, the Canucks Oof. are hot. It wasn't a Picasso. They didn't play great in the first and third. Um, but their pushback, their systems, and their overall effort, and the non-negotiables. That's what I talked to Ian Cole and Rick talking about post-game was... The non-negotiables have been there in two games. Everybody's back-checking. Nobody's taking their foot off the gas. The thing I wonder, Chris, is just how long is that sustainable for? Um, not in terms of guys getting injured because they're trying too hard, but just like, you know, when do we see guys start to take their foot off the gas a little bit? Because there's going to be times through an 82-game season where guys do take their foot off the gas, and how quickly can they nip that in the butt, right? Like, I think that's the thing that we're now watching for is because this team's played very strong through two games and hey even the second period like I said they had a bad second they had the wrong guys out in the second period they took a lot of penalties it wasn't like uh they got dominated at five on five and it was their stars getting dominated they had the wrong guys out I I think Noah Juleson we've all seen enough of Noah Juleson right like I feel like that's not a hot take I don't think anybody's out here trying to say yeah okay the solution is to put them with Hughes I think it's it's kind of like I said in the summer He looked great next to Hughes because he was playing with Quinn Hughes, but that's not who you want there for a full season. And I think Akito Hirose, I thought, had a really strong game. I thought he did great. I thought he had really smart reads. His IQ that we've heard so much about was on full display, and I'm not going to go through the entire roster. I just think the second period, more than anything, was they had the wrong guys out.
4: Yeah, I think uh, you bring up a good point with like Susie getting back in the lineup because I do, I do agree with you. I think Julson has been a player who's been a letdown. I think in these first two games, and I think we'll have to see what happens moving forward here. I thought, yeah, I agree with you on the Hirose point. I think he bounced back pretty good in that second game, but uh, it was the new guys, right? Like the, the new guys were the story It felt like, for the Vancouver Canucks on Saturday. And Lafferty, I know you wanted to spend a little bit of time on as well. So I, I think that something that's interesting that um, we get an opportunity to see, and I'm not sure every fan gets an opportunity to see it, unless you're in the upper deck near the very top, is is watching the game like from the press box and getting a view of the ice in that way, of how space is gained, how space is taken away. And I was curious if Utah had any takeaways of Sam Lafferty, because you brought up the goal that he scored. And I saw somebody in the comments uh, a little bit earlier bringing up, like, the the quickness that he had from going from, like, 0 to 100 and meeting that full speed was really impressive. Like, did you have any takeaways about Sam Lafferty, about his pace? Because that's really surprised me in the two games that he's played as a Vancouver Canuck.
0: I mean, I don't know if this was because I talked to some guys who watched him in Toronto a lot, but... I said right from the start that the Lafferty trade was a good one, and I, I, you know, I kind of poked fun at the people who were crying about the fifth round pick. Like, get over yourselves. Also, talk your shit, Patrick Alvin. Look at that graphic. It's like Patrick Alvin got the socials password to the Canucks socials. This graphic that we have on the screen, and for those on the podcast, it was the one that the Canucks posted on Twitter that said the new guys, and it showed Sam Lafferty with his first goal and Casey DeSmith with his first win. Talk your poop. Patrick Alvin, I absolutely loved it. I loved that the Canucks put that out. I thought it was great. Anyways, uh, someone in the chat already pointed out that I'm not letting you talk a lot, so you talk. Also, wait, last thing. Proud sponsor, Crown Royal. We are allowed to drink this, Crown Royal. So our challenge, we're not going to come up with a solution right now. I have a few ideas. Our challenge is, we don't want to do more than one, ever. Uh, And we also don't want to do it five days a week, but we can do a shot. Of course, we transit to work, so we're not going to have to drive after, but a shot during the show if player X scores. I'm thinking we make it Sam Lafferty or Quinn Hughes, whenever those guys score, the day after we take a shot of crown each. Okay.
4: I could, I think that's what I'm thinking. People in the chat, let us know. I don't know if you need any crown uh, right now, Quads. You have enough energy right now. But it uh, that bottle, I'm worried to see how it's going to be at the bottom by the end of the show. Uh, I did want to wrap up this with the five-game road trip um, so remaining for the Vancouver Canucks By the way, Philadelphia on Tuesday Which is tomorrow if you're listening to this live Or listening to this on Monday The Tuesday game is 3pm So get home early, tell your kids they gotta walk home They're gonna wrap up with Philly, Tampa Bay, Florida And then Nashville on a 5 game road trip Before they get 3 games at home uh, Then a quick little shot down to San Jose And then for 2 more home games after that So that's how the first 12 games of the season go uh, For the Vancouver Canucks So I, I'm really interested to see what happens here Like I I think, obviously, you get this type of start against a Pacific, Pacific Division rival, and you're very happy with the output from the Vancouver Canucks in the first two games. You get four points, you beat the Oilers twice, it's huge. You also don't give the Oilers a loser point, right? Like, you don't give them the overtime point, uh, in that second game, I thought it was just, it was massive to see the depth come up and it doesn't have to be JT Miller and Elias Pettersson every night, even though Elias Patterson was just named second star of the week, uh, in the NHL. And before we move on to the prospects where, believe me, I will do a lot of the talking, um, I want to hear from Rick Tockett with an update on Ilya Mikheyev and Carson Soucy. And Aaron, I know I put this in real late and it was a video and I confused you with it. But Aaron does such an amazing job. He's going to have this video ready. I have confidence in him. Uh, so this is Rick Tockett talking about an update on Ilya Mikheyev, Carson Soucy. We'll touch on it after, then we'll go to prospects. Mikheyev's, uh every day, is getting there, um, you know. I you know, try to be honest with you guys, but you know there's a good possibility. Close enough. All right. <laughs> uh, so Rick Talkett said there's a good possibility that Ilya Mikheyev is going to play later on in the road trip. And Carson Susie, it feels like a game-time decision, is what Tockett said, for tomorrow. So like we we brought it up, the defense could use a little bit of that boost. They've been effective up to this point. I think the top four has been better than expected, which is great. I think that third pairing that we touched on, like, that's a tough ask for Akita Hirose and Noah Juleson to get that opportunity, especially on the road when you are getting a lot of McDavid and Dreisaitl matching up against your third pairing. It's a tough ask for them. Uh, I do think that uh, Juleson has kind of been the only one of the Vancouver Canucks that's maybe let us down up to this point. But to see have come back at some point on this road trip would be huge. That's going to be great for what the top six is going to look like. I think it's going to look even better with Pedersen and Kuzmenko get him on their wing. Uh, and then you can move Connor Garland down to a third-line role or – you know, see what happens on the trade market. I guess with all the rumors flying around Connor Garland, and then Susie. I think if he doesn't go on Tuesday, I think that's completely fine. Get him into the next game against Tampa or Florida or whatever it may be. He's going to be a massive addition to that uh, to that defense core. And I think whether it's a third like a third pairing role where he's playing seventeen minutes a night, or if they do want to really try him in the top four role and he's over twenty minutes. Either way, it's just going to be a boost to what this Canucks uh, defense core is looking like. And so far, so good, man. Like, I can't get over the good vibes from this team. It's just been an incredible start to the season. I think Canucks fans deserve to be able to have some fun with it, right? Like, I've seen a couple people in the replies of Canucks fans being excited, and it's just like, it's two games in. It's like, yeah, but we're, like, nine years into just a whole bunch of crap. Like, (laughs) let us just have, like, a two-game stretch where it's not like they beat the Coyotes and they beat, you know, the Blues without their goaltending. Like, They're actually beating these good teams in division, playing good hockey. It just feels so good for Canucks fans right now. Y'all deserve to have some fun. Y'all deserve to be on Twitter boasting about your team, having a good time. That's just what Canucks fans deserve, man. Like, you've been... The amount of fans that are locked into this team and are, you know, refreshing Twitter every two hours, this is all the stuff you put it... Like, have fun. Have fun over the next little bit here. Who knows where it's going to go from here? But to start the season 2-0, you have the results that can back up your excitement. So... Have fun over the next little bit here. I know like quads is having fun. I don't know how many balls of crown he's had before this, but drink responsibly quads. I think you got to say that.
0: Of course, drink responsibly. I already talked about transit. Come on. Uh, okay. <laughs> a place that we're going to have some fun here is in our new segment brought to you by DoorDash. It's called anyone else with a question mark there. And it's for the people in our YouTube live chat, which by the way, we're seeing so many people jumping in the YouTube live chat. So hopefully we get some good interaction today. Folks, get in your anyone else's. That's what we'll call them. Anyone else's is what we'll call them. I got, I got one for you, Chris. And of course, this is brought to you by DoorDash. Be sure to use promo code NATION25 for 25% off your first order
4: with DoorDash. Say it, yeah. Chris. No. You know or- what to say. After I say DoorDash, no, what do you, you say? didn't do it right. Ordering is easy. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want from there, and your items will be left safely outside your door with the default contactless delivery system. And you know you can get all the good stuff on there, quads. I like a good McDonald's at one in the morning sometimes. Had it on a uh, on, uh, little DoorDash on, uh, what was it, Saturday night there, coming back from the bar? Because I didn't have a $2 hot dog at Greta, unfortunately. I just was too busy. Didn't get a two dollar hot dog. I saw the nachos looked amazing. The Canucks Army nachos, very good. The guacamole got good reviews, but I had to get a DoorDash at one a.m. Uh, a little bit of McDonald's there, so that was nice. But uh, yeah, DoorDash, good folks. So the segment is like, we want to get something involved with the people in the comments section, right? Because you didn't explain this really well. You have a. a You're topic. supposed to
0: say ding dong. I've been waiting for you to say ding dong.
4: Ding dong. You didn't. You didn't do it right either. I got to talk to you about this after the show. You're in trouble. Um, so the segment, it's called Anyone Else. It's kind of like we're just asking. Does anyone else have anything they want to bring up here on the show? We'll bring it up. We'll talk about it. You just get it into the comment section. We'll discuss it. You had something off the top to kind of get this segment rolling here uh, as we get some of the things to pile in. So get in the YouTube chat. This is the, the good part about being live is we have the YouTube chat and people listening back on the podcast. Hopefully you like the segment. If not, try and join us on YouTube. Get yourself involved with it. Uh, we're Monday to Friday, 1.30, except for Wednesdays. We're at 1 o'clock. And by the way, a huge week this week. Uh, did you see the guest list for this week, Quad? So we had Bruce Stevich today, Jeff Patterson on Tuesday, Frank Cervalli on Wednesday, Tristan Nielsen coming off of a hat trick for the Abbotsford Canucks, going to join us on Thursday. And Friday, you are going to be sitting there on your couch, not doing anything all day, going to keep an eye on that bottle of Crown uh, as you are out of the office and Harmon Dial is in for Friday. So that's what we got. Uh, anything else here from the comment section, but you have something to start us off here for anyone else. And let's get this graphic up too. I built a beautiful graphic again. Aaron
0: (laughs) does anyone else feel that the Canucks are going to trade their first round pick and does anyone else think that's not the worst thing in the world that's my anyone else because Chris we look at this team right now and look let's be honest after these games I just said the second period felt like it was just they had the wrong guys on the ice and there's some clear flaws in the roster Look, I think showing up the backup goaltending position was a good move, as we saw on Saturday night. Adding Sam Lafferty was a great move, as we saw on Saturday night. What else does this team need? I'd say maybe a third-pairing defenseman. Look, we know Ethan Bear is kind of waiting in the wings, and the Canucks are going to try to make room to sign him. I feel like that first-round pick is probably in play. This team wants to get better. They want to go for it. Look, I, I think, I think... That it's in play. And the reason I say it's not the worst thing in the world is because there just hasn't been a trade where they cannot give up significant assets like a first or second round pick that I look at and say, yeah, I really don't like the player they got back. Like, let's put into perspective that we, for years, watched this team give away premium assets to target guys like Eric Goodbranson, right? Like, that's what we're coming out from. And now we see them move a first and a second for Philip Ronick. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world if they move their first round pick.
4: Yeah, I do. I don't think uh, this team's at the point yet to start to say that. Listen, if you start... Okay, okay, stop, stop, sorry. Sorry, sorry to cut you off again.
0: But this person in the chat just said it too. They just said, if they get a legit youngish top four D-man, I wouldn't hate them trading it. They get a 23-year-old right shot defenseman who's going to play in the top four for years, and they give up a first round pick to do it. You're sitting there saying you have a problem with it?
4: Yeah, I'm just, I think you're giving up more than that to get a 23-year-old top four defenseman you're giving up more than just a first round pick teams aren't stupid. They're going to see that the Canucks are going to, you know, if they're giving up a first round pick, you'd hope they're in the playoffs teams are going to be realizing that that first round pick is somewhere in the, you know, 17 to 28 range, right? Like nobody's being like, yeah, here's our 23 year old defenseman that we have cost controlled for the next four years for just that first round pick. Like it's going to take more than that, obviously. So I think if you're talking about just trading like the first round pick, Look at what the deadline looks like for defensemen. Like, you're not getting the best defenseman for just a first-round pick. You have to give up more for that into that space. And I get I get the thought process of it of the Canucks are going for it, right? They're going for it. Let's trade the first-round pick. That's what teams that are going for it do, except for the Oilers. I don't know why they don't do it. They've been trying to go for it for a long time, but uh, that's for another day, Aaron. Uh I just think that the Canucks are at a point right now where they still need to get this prospect pool pumped up. Like, yes, we're going to about to talk about Tom Willander. We're going to talk about Jonathan the Why not draft yourself like an Owen Pickering type defenseman, get yourself a six foot five left shot defenseman. Who's ripping it up right now. And it's been great to see Owen Pickering, former guest of the show actually as well. Great, great dude. I love talking to him before, but like, these are the type of players that you can get in the 16 to 24 range. That's a huge boost to your prospect pool. And to me, that player, once they're drafted, still holds their value. So I'm just not in a rush to move the first-round pick because they've won two games against the Oilers and you're feeling different about the team. All that's great, but if you're actually serious about this in February, in early March, and, like, the Canucks are at a spot where they need to add something to be a cup contender, I would think about it a little bit, but you talked about, like, recently trading some some. Uh, not making bad trades with, like, first-round picks. Like, they just gave up, like, a first and a second to get Connor Garland and Oliver ekman Larson and that trade is working out horribly. I-, I think you can make an argument about the Philip Peronic thing, but that's kind of to my other point that I just brought up. What else did they give up? A first? A second? Like, you have to add more than a first to get that type of player. If you can get that type of player, it's huge, and, yeah, maybe... It- <laughs> I, I can maybe get on board, but it's going to take more than two games for me to get on this ship with you about trading a first round pick, man. Especially with a uh, a whole segment about prospects coming up here next.
0: I know you're biased. You like the prospects. Also, someone uh, someone pointed out uh, that I cherry picked the comments a little bit. Yes, the majority of people are telling <laughs> yeah, them. Holy cow! Dude. <laughs> I'm just reading it now. The majority of people don't want the pick traded. I'm just saying that it feels like they might trade it, and I don't think it's going to be the worst thing in the world. I, I look, I just think it's going to happen at some point. We're going to see the move, a high-end pick. Everybody's going to lose their marbles, and I don't think it's going to be the worst thing in the world. That's all.
4: Yeah. Look at this. Uh, the pro
0: scouting's just been miles better, and that's what that's what I'm basing it off of. Is the pro scouting's just so much better that
4: I actually trust that they're going to get someone worth it if they move that pick. It's just a beautiful Dylan Gunther card that I pulled the other day, actually. I just wanted to – it's just just caught my eye. It's crazy. Good Um, timing. timing. Yeah. All right. Speaking of prospects, man, like, you shut up for a little bit here, Quads. How about that? (laughs) Shut up for a little bit. I've got a lot to get to with the Vancouver Canucks prospects. Let's start with Tom Willander, the most recent first-round pick. Quads, a first-round pick. Great to have him. Tom Willander had an excellent debut, the 11th overall pick in the 2023 NHL entry draft. Great start with the in the NCAA with Boston University. He scored a goal in the first period. He added an assist in the first period. And in the third period, he's playing with Lane Hudson, who led scoring from a defenseman last year in the NCAA. Seeing that pairing paired up, like, the goal was great. The assist was great. But the fact that when they were trailing, they put those two together as a pairing, that's huge. To do that in Game 1... For Willander to get the opportunity to play with the best offensive defenseman in the NCAA, it's absolutely huge. So I was excited to see that. The goal was obviously great. He absolutely ripped a slap shot into the top corner. So a tremendous start for him after he had that suspension. And by the way, the suspension was due to him playing in the Svenskin two years ago. It wasn't from the SHL games that he suited up for but didn't play in last year. It was from the Svenskin games that he... He played in one Al Svenskin game a couple years ago, just a few minutes. That's the reason why he couldn't play in game one of the NCAA season. But this past weekend, he made his debut. He was excellent. Uh, and we're going to have lots more in the Blackfish Report tomorrow about Will Lander. On top of Will Lander, the other first-round pick, quads, the other first-round pick, Jonathan Mack. He Took him a year to get going, but he is absolutely ripping it up. He had a goal... Uh, In Thursday's game, added an assist on Saturday. He's been excellent for them. He's moved up to the top line at Orobro in the SHL. He's now up to five goals and two assists through ten games. So an excellent start to for his season. Uh, And then finally, I just wanted to give a shout-out to Jacob Truscott as well. I expect him to go pro after this season. Join the Vancouver Canucks or the Oxford Canucks. We'll see what happens there. But Truscott picked up a pair of assists on Saturday. He's getting some power play time with Michigan. He's wearing the C, looking good. Uh, His two-way game's been excellent. I did want to do a whole segment on Abbotsford, but we uh, we pulled a quick audible because Hunter Brustevich was able to join us. And if you missed that interview, uh, head back and listen to it. And I know uh, Aaron's going to clip that and get it up as its own piece on YouTube as well. So check that out. Uh, good stuff from Devich there. I want to bring up Abbotsford because they picked up a pair of wins over the weekend in Laval. If you were riding with us on Friday's bet, which was plus 330 for the Abbotsford Canucks to win the game and to have over five and a half goals, we crushed it. We crushed that bet. Crushed it again on Saturday. Excellent weekend for the Outdoor Canucks. A couple of games uh, where they walked out with W's in Laval. They they just look so much better than that Laval team. Like, you're going to see the Outdoor Canucks have a better roster than a lot of AHL teams this season. And it made me think, like, when Susie gets back, when Breezebois gets back, like, is going down there to help add to the defense core down there, which looked excellent. Like, man, Christian Willannon's unreal in the AHL. Jet Wu looks really good. Jack Rathbone had a tremendous game on Saturday. But the guy that stuck out in game one, Our boy, Archie Baines. He had four points in Friday's game for the Abbotsford Canucks. He had a goal and three assists, three primary assists. He was excellent. And Vasily Podkholz quads, hear this out. Get off TikTok for a second. Vasily Podkholz two goals in Friday night's game, and he is leading the Abbotsford Canucks in shots on net after two games. He's got seven shots on net through two games. Next highest on the team is Tristan Nielsen with four shots. But the good thing about Tristan Nielsen's four shots is he scored three goals. He had a hat trick on Saturday uh, in their game against Laval, a big 4 3 win. Nielsen was a huge reason for that. Nielsen's going to join us on Thursday. Um, we're not going to play the silly Pod Coles and go, but I do have to play this quads because we like a good arty party here on the show. But I don't know what we're going to have to do here moving forward because Nikita Tolapilo, I know it's two games into the season. A lot of people are calling it an arty party. When oh, you know. Well, what I saw from Tolapilo had one thing to say. I like that. Tolapilo was unreal in his game. He had 44 shots against him. He stopped 41 of them, allowing three goals. There's already a goalie controversy brewing down on the farm quads. Just so you know, Tolapilo looked excellent. He's a big body goaltender. At six foot six, takes up a ton of the net. Jeremy Colton really likes what is doing. Abbotsford took nine minor penalties on Saturday, so Tolapilo had to face like. I think it was like 16 and a half minutes of power play time against a lot of back and forth movement, a lot of one-timers. Tolpilo really impressed. I know he allowed 3 goals so it's not like a it's not like a showcase game for him, but he faced 44 shots. So he was excellent and I think Tolpilo, man, just from one game here, very impressive start uh, for the Belarusian kid coming over here from the Svenskin. And I did I got to bring this up about Tolpilo. He's not just some like 19-year-old prospect coming out of the OHL who had good numbers. This was the best goalie in the Svenskin last year. Head and shoulders above with his height and his stats. Tolpilo was excellent last year in the al Better than any other goaltender out there. Great numbers. He's coming over here to North America. This is a big ad for the Vancouver Canucks. This was a big free agent ad out of Europe for the Vancouver Canucks. Probably the best goaltender on the European free agent market that you could add. Probably you could lump that in with like the NCAA guys coming out as uh, players that were unsigned free agents there. Tolpilo was the best free agent ad in the goaltender market last year that was not already playing in the NHL. So huge ad for them. He's down in Abbotsford. Hell of a start so far. Your boy already party, looking over his shoulder already. Uh, and those two I've heard, they're good buddies already, and they're both funny. Apparently they're the two funniest guys in that room from what I'm hearing from the Abbotsford folks. So uh, we're going to have to get Told Pilo on the show down the road. Uh, but great start for him. And final Abbotsford note, they did sign Dmitry Zlodiev. We've been asking what's going on there with Zlodiev. Signed a one-year AHL contract with them. And the final thing I want to get in, uh, Victor Perchon. Don't talk about him very much because he hasn't played this year for Liga. I uh, talked to my Finnish folks finally, and I'll have more on this in the Blackfish report tomorrow, but uh, it seems like he's dealing with a concussion. So that's the reason why he's not playing. That's what I'm told. Out of Finland. And uh, the other thing, Quads, I don't know if you know this, I'm learning Swedish. You know this? Did I tell you this? I did, yeah. I am. Yeah, I'm on the Duolingo now. I'm learning Swedish. So uh, tack to everybody for listening to uh, that, uh, that segment here on prospects and letting me go off here. Is there any okay. more anyone else's you wanted to get to? I we kind of I kind of blew by it there. Yeah, we've got a couple. Well, we will do it. We'll, we'll we'll intro it. You got everyone so pissed off with your anyone else that the chat kind of <laughs> blew up, and then we missed. Uh, I did want there are a couple of things here. Uh, Graham brought up Petey as the second star. Yeah, great stuff from the NHL. And by the way, did you see the three stars? Was it like Matthews, Malkin, and? Peterson, like, good for the NHL. Like, their stars are showing up. Uh, Andrew brought up Spencer Martin is starting tonight. You going to be watching Spencer Martin tonight?
0: Sure. Yeah, like, <laughs> he came in in relief. Uh, he's going to be the starter. Emerson Lickens looks like he's down for a bit. So, yeah, he's going to be the starter. But I wanted to quickly, on that three-star thing, I just want to say Brock Bester's points per game, goals per game, higher than Evgeny Malkin's. Evgeny Malkin Whoa. got third star. He had, like, six points in three games. And, obviously, Pedersen had six in two. Besser's got his four goals. I don't know. Thought he might have been third. I think if there was a five stars of the week, him and Jake Gensel would probably round it out. Um, but yeah, it, it was cool. To see Elias kind of get second there. Mm. Um, two hat-tricks for Austin Matthews. What can you say about that? Not much more. Not much more on this show. Uh, okay. you've, you've heard it enough. Yeah. Wherever else you uh, are forced to get your hockey content. But uh, another anyone else that I wanted to get here. From Graham Blakeney in the YouTube live chat. Anyone else, or does it actually feel like management's plan is coming together nicely? Pull up the graphic Patrick Alvine's acquisitions lead to the win, Aaron. I can't believe it. I I can't believe it, Chris. It was just, it was so perfect. It was so perfect. All the people upset about Sam Lafferty, you know, not too many about Casey DeSmith. Everybody Mm -hmm. understood it was to get out of Tanner Pearson, obviously, but yeah. Talk your crap, Alvin.
4: I like it. Damn. Uh, Vince asks, does Bluger have a cracked slash broken bone? Um, As far as we've been told, it's just like a deep bruise, which could be one of the, what do they call it, like a bone bruise? Is that what they call it? Might end up being something like that. But it is kind of uh, strange that a bruise evolves into, you know, it's been a a week now up to this point of Bluger not being in the lineup. So we'll have to see. And he didn't skate uh, today as well. So... We'll see. It seems like Mikheyev might end up being closer to playing than Bluger was, which is pretty surprising for sure.
0: Yes, absolutely. Mikheyev might play on the road trip, is what we heard from Talk It today. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll have full coverage of that practice. Shout out Dave Hall over at Canucks Army. He's going to be taking over today's scenes from Canucks practice. And shout out to Thomas Drance, who is in Philadelphia. Also, I just want to point out, we were in Edmonton for the morning skate. All the Oilers media guys are just a couple, actually were around Talkit and they had to listen to me ask Talkit about Vasily Pod Colson and all these other very niche Canucks questions. And it was, uh, I got a good kick out of that. And hey, I don't, we don't have the audio because it wasn't a long answer, but Talkit said it's really good for Pod Colson to get on the score sheet, pointed out the success of Amon, Arshdi Baines as well down mm. there. You actually really love to see that. Just the fact that, and we've talked about it before, the fact that it's the younger guys getting on the board and these guys that actually want to. Be developed by the Canucks. Like you want to see the Canucks develop these guys. The Abbotsford team is fun to watch. They were fun to watch last year, and it's going to be nice to get out there uh, and kind of follow along with them all season. Shout out Cody Sievertson, who's going to be doing our Canucks, uh, Abby Canucks prospect all season long. Yeah, uh, over at Canucks Army.
4: I'm hoping to get out there on Friday. I got to take the car, and the car's uh, the the car's giving. It's making a bunch of weird noises, and I see Tankar in the chat here speaking a little bit of Swedish. Uh, Val Coleman. First of all, Tankar, that uh, that means welcome quads. I'm working on that. Uh, and they asked, uh, "What do you think of Lekar Mackie?" I believe. Uh, wow, look yep. at you reading hey, Swedish. They asked me on the Duolingo. They said, "How much are you going to do a day?" It said twenty minutes is extreme. I'm doing like I'm doing four like forty minutes plus last uh, three days here. What do you think of Larry Ka- uh, Le- <laughs> Le- <laughs> Le- Maki? Uh, I think is what the question is <laughs> you here. Take English, you got to do English. No, and, I, and I'm getting all the, the pronunciations right for the uh, the accents and stuff too. I'm getting all. Of, I'm gonna I'm gonna be speaking Swedish in like 40 days. It says, but also like so they, the, so the app this Duolingo things like uh, you're gonna you be speaking Swedish in 40 days. And I don't say this term often because I'm not young enough to say it. But that's cap. That's Kat. I ain't going to be speaking Swedish in 40 days. I really doubt it. But I hey, but I can read this. I understand this. This is pretty simple stuff. Um, yeah, LeCarrie Mackey, I guess I didn't really get a chance to spend a lot of time in the prospects section. But, like, he has been very impressive, not just with the goals and the points that he's producing. It's the way he's playing, man. There's a reason why he's moved up to the first line, right? Like, if, if you have a player on your team and he's scoring a lot of goals and he's doing a little bit of offensive things... It's fine to have him in the top six, but they're putting him on the top line. Like, he's out there at the end of games when they're up by one. They're out there, you know, getting a chance with the extra man to score all these goals. He's creating a ton of offense. So, all these type of things are excellent. And I've just been really impressed with, like, him adding... uh, It's not even really strength. It's just, like, a confidence in his strength that he has. Because he's not big and strong. He's not big and strong. He's small and little. Okay? That's what he is. He's just the way his body is. He's still becoming a man. He's still 18 years old. So, like... What you need to see from Lakerimaki is him just continuing to build the confidence. Like he acts like he's stronger than he is. And he's been doing that throughout the season. That's why he's on the first line game this type of opportunity. Okay, we gotta
0: run. Betway hit it quick. Hit it at betway. Uh we got the Betway bet of the day. Yep. Must be nineteen plus. Uh if you choose to play, please play responsibly. Go. Betway. Let's yep. go.
4: Nineteen plus to play, please play responsibly, as you said. What do we got? Betway, Betway, Betway got this in the last minute here. Cannot or uh, Connor Bedard. To score the first goal of the game in the Blackhawks and Toronto Maple Leafs, they're they're playing tonight. No bigger scene, I guess, for Connor Bedard uh, to, to you know produce and, and score goals and get the hockey world all obsessed with him, which they already really are. Uh, I'm seeing TikToks; everybody's doing a damn TikTok here about Connor Bedard. Uh, Connor Bedard to score first goal of the game plus nine hundred over on Betway. 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 Ten dollar bet on Betway. 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 Betway is going to return you a hundred on a plus nine hundred bet there. Connor Bedard to score the first goal is our bet way, bet way, bet way, bet of the day. There you go.
0: People were requesting a Burt Cam, mm-hmm. and as we look at the Burt Cam of him sleeping in the other room, he's had a really big day today. We'll close it out there for my co-host, Chris Faber, and our sad Oilers producer, oh. Aaron Bordado. My name's Dave Gurdrelli. Thank you so much for listening to the episode of the Canucks
4: Conversation. Let's roll! Canucks conversation with quads in favor. New episodes every weekday, 1.30 across the board, except for Wednesdays, 1 o'clock. We'll see you there live on the Canucks Army YouTube channel. For more information, visit CanucksArmy.com.
1: How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Planning for your next trip?